invite you, if you want to follow along, I'm reading out of, what translation do I have today? The Passion? Yes. Passion translation, which will not sound, uh, it, it has a different sound, but here we go. Same, same scripture, okay? Jesus said to his critics, uh, these are, are religious leaders that have come to him, tell me what you think of this parable. There once was a man with two sons. The father came to the first and said, son, I want you to go and work in the vineyard today. The son replied, I'd rather not. But afterward, he deeply regretted what he said uh, to his father, changed his mind, and decided to go to the vineyard. The father approached the second son and said the same thing to him. The son replied, Father, I will go and do as you said. But he never did. He didn't go to the vineyard. Tell me now, which of these two sons did the will of his father? They answered, the first one. You said, uh, Jesus said, you're right. For many sinners, tax collectors, and prostitutes are going into God's kingdom realm ahead of you. John came to show you the path of righteousness. And it might be the way of righteousness in your translation. Yet the despised and the outcast believed in him, but you did not. When you saw them turn, you neither repented of your ways nor believed his words. Lord, I ask you that you'd speak to us this morning. We're grateful, Lord, that you come and you bring words that go beyond our comprehension, that you speak to us at the level of our hearts. We trust you for that, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Title of the message this morning, Authority or Agency. Um, I had a friend several years ago that uh, Denise and I had an ongoing relationship with, um, okay, you guys can see me, all right. Um, his, he started a house of prayer in Indianapolis, and that's actually where we met him. It was a small house of prayer, and that's when we first began relationship, invited him to come up. But he was an a, a incredibly talented musician. He and his wife had worked in missions and, and had all kinds of experiences through their life. And uh, as, a, as a musician and as a teacher in this community called the House of Prayer Movement. He was invited to serve as one of the senior leaders of the House of Prayer in Kansas City. And uh, that wasn't a surprise for Denise and I, as it, and he was actually asked to begin their, um, their school of worship, I think, right? Wasn't that the name of it? I think that's right. Um, anyway, every year at the end of the year, IHOP Kansas City used to host a massive conference uh, it was called One Thing, based out of, uh, what is it, Psalm 27, 4? Yes, 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 thank you. 27, 4, I thought I might have inverted the numbers right wrong. But the first time Denise and I went, it was like four or 5,000, but anyway, through the years we saw as many as 15 plus, I don't, it was huge gathering. People come from literally around the world to this gathering. It was a call to really a movement of prayer. And, and one of the, several of those times when we had come together, Denise and I tried to use that as an opportunity to connect with Derek and his wife, Renee, and just this kind of this ongoing sort of relationship we had where it was one of those folks that we wouldn't see a lot, but when we sat down together, you'd connect well. You, you know what I'm talking about? So, uh, in fact, on more than one occasion, I believe, we, we stayed in their house, and it was on one of those occasions that we were staying at, the, at their house, and we were trying to connect with them. They were... 
they weren't, we didn't displace them. They were staying at the hotel next to the conference center, so they were providing us cheap housing. Thank you, Derek and Renee. Uh, by the way, since then, our friend uh, Derek has gone to be with Jesus. Um, that's another long story. But uh, on this particular time when we were having, I think it was uh, either a late breakfast or coffee, something like that in the mid-morning, Sat down, Derek got there a little bit late, just slides into his chair. We're sitting there, down there together, and he told us this story, what had just happened to him. Now, he's a senior leader in uh, this ministry, leading, helping to lead this conference, and he's been on the stage in front of lots and lots of people introduced. So my point is, most folks kind of know who he is. Um, he had got, just gone to this conference, and he was heading backstage because he was due to be on the platform. I think he was leading worship on that particular morning. And so he's whisking himself to the backstage only to be stopped by an 18-year-old who said, <clears throat> where's your badge? And, um, and as he's telling me this story, I said, seriously? Like, pretty much everybody knows who he is. And, uh, but, but the point is, this young man was taking his job seriously. And as Derek told the story, smiling, he said, nothing worse than an intern with authority. Now, that phrase has stuck with me through my life to help describe people that I've run into and also to give me a compassionate heart to individuals that I look at when I look at them and I'm thinking, my goodness, you're dealing with insecurity and you have a need to prove your authority over me. Okay. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Those moments of individuals who, who uh, obviously need to prove that, that they are holding the cards and you have got to do what they're saying for you to do, right? And it could be as silly as the person who's demanding that you wait in line when there's nobody in the room. Did you get a number? What? You know, they're just proving, quote, authority. Because, and interestingly, that's sort of how we relate to it. Isn't it? Authority is something delegated, given to you. And, and see, Jesus tells the story in response in Matthew 21 directly to a question that was asked of him. Now, here's the reason the question is being asked. He's got religious leaders that are coming, and, and they're seeing him. Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and he, in your Bible, it'll probably say something like this. He cleansed the temple. Now, interestingly, that word is never used in the Scripture. It's not in the text. What Jesus did was to turn over the tables and to confront this system that had been at play, this system that was operating inside of the temple wasn't just an issue of making money. It was, it was created barriers to the blind, the lame, to women and children who could come and worship. They were not able to come and worship because there were these systems in place, and Jesus is confronting these systems that had barriers to worship because what is it that Jesus said? He, he isn't like, I'm mad at you for making money. This is a house of what? Prayer, a house of friendship and communion. 
So Jesus is speaking to the very heart. He said, this isn't about your religious systems of debt and merit that you've got in your face day and night. Jesus is saying the core of worship at its core is about surrendering to mercy and grace and encountering the love of the Father. We have a paraphrase sometimes at the beginning of the paragraph that says, cleansing. I would rather it say removing barriers. And after this, the religious leaders are scratching their head and they come to Jesus in Luke 21 and said, where's your badge? By what authority? And, And they're revealing the inherent misunderstanding that they had about authority. One that, by the way, we still are plagued with today, the assumption that authority comes outside of us, externally. It's bestowed. By the way, that's just another version of a merit system, isn't it? I've got a badge that's bigger than yours. So Jesus tells a story, two sons, one that said no and one that said yes, yet only one whose life actually is directed by the father's desire. And in the end, the two sons say one thing, but they do another. And then Jesus asked the question, tell me, which one of these sons did the will of his father? And they answered, the first one. You're right. There's more to authority than having the right answer. That, by the way, will preach. Authority is not about the badge or even even the sassy response to the badged person. You can't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. Jesus reveals that authority is not a credential that's earned or conferred. Authority is a heart living in surrendered, settled participation with a good, generous, compassionate Father. That is good news, beloved. See, in our text, there's this exchange, Jesus and the religious leaders. And if we're honest, we, well, I'll just say, if I'm honest, I can see myself there because those religious leaders saw authority the way that I often see it. It's a delegated power given to somebody to exert authority over. So there's a reason that the officer wears a badge. What's your badge number? I'll decide whether or not I want to obey you. Do I see your badge? And by the way, there's a good reason not to ignore the badge. But the truth is, Um, most of us don't like being corrected or told what to do. By what authority do you do these things? Beloved, I want to proclaim this again. Real authority is about agency that's in us, that is anchored, settled, and surrendered to the love of the Father. That's where real authority is actually birthed. That's where it's actually manifested. Remember, the persons that are asking this question are experts in debt and merit. 
How many sins have you committed? How many good things have you done? Matthew 18, Matthew 20. Mercy, grace. This is where I'm calling you to live from. But in this story, Jesus, he said, John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you neither heard him or believed him. You didn't repent. Because your badges are rooted in systems of merit and debt. I'm inviting you to change the way that you think to learn another way, the way of righteousness. And the way of righteousness means you're going to have to change the way that you think. I find this really fascinating. Most of us, I would say most individuals, equate repentance to something that we say. Now, say, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. Good. I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't want to diminish that. It's important to own it with your mouth, okay? But what's curious is Jesus reveals that repentance is not what was said but what was done. And then as he goes on and he talks about this explanation, he talks about the, quote, way of righteousness that John walked in and revealed. So I want to bring us back a few chapters. We're in chapter 21, about 10 chapters earlier. Jesus speaks and he says, Woe to you, Chorazin and, and um, Bethsaida, if the miracles that have been done in you were done in, in um, where did Jonah go? Nineveh. They would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. Woe to you. And then a little bit later in the chapter, in chapter 11, he said, if you're tired, worn out, burned out, weary, come to me. Now, again, I want you to think about this. What Jesus says to these friends that are saying, what authority do you have? He said, which one did the right one? They are walking in the way of righteousness. John showed the way of righteousness. So in Matthew 11, when he's speaking to his friends and he says, woe to you if you'd have repented. Here's what it looks like. Come to me. Learn from me. I love the way the message in the Passion Translation say this. It says, learn from me and learn how I do it. For I am gentle and humble of heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. The way of righteousness. Wait, I thought that was about having the right answer, Jesus. The way of righteousness. Learn how I do life. I am meek. I'm gentle. Oh, wait a minute, Jesus, you're going to be the Messiah of this kingdom. We're looking for a political leader. We're looking for somebody to free us of all of our economic debt. We're looking for someone to free us of all those who oppress us around. But Jesus comes and says, I'm gentle and I'm meek. Learn how I do life. And you will find rest. You will find actually the way of righteousness. Beloved, real authority is something that comes from within. It's agency that's anchored in the love of the Father. As I was looking at this word righteousness, interestingly, both in the Aramaic and in the Hebrew, there are two words 
because they're rooted in kind of the similar word, uh, similarly, both in Aramaic and Hebrew. So I'm just going to give you two words in, in Hebrew. One is mishpat, and the other one's sedak. You're not going to try to write that down. Don't worry about it. But the, the two words. And the, by the way, one thing I want to, to take note of, oftentimes when we hear the word righteousness in uh, the New Testament, is Jesus saying, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? He isn't just talking about people who do, quote, you know, have a whole list of good things that they've done, but they hunger and thirst for justice. Righteousness and justice are interchangeable. Here's what they look like, okay? Interchangeable word, justice and righteousness. Two words come to, come to mind as you look in the original language. Jesus is probably speaking this in Ara, uh, Aramaic. I got that right? Yes. And, um, and then also he's quoting from Hebrew, from the Hebraic. The first word is a word that means correction. Mishpat. It means to bring a correction. So righteousness brings a correction to the way that I live. When I surrender to the way of Jesus, and I think about this, Jesus, learn from you. Wait a minute, you didn't need power that you wielded over others to reveal the Father? No. Uh, you, you inhabited the world in meekness and gentleness, and that revealed the love of the Father that brought men, women, boys, and girls to you? Yes. So I, there needs to be a correction in how I see that so that I can begin to see the world differently. A correction that I would inhabit the world that Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn and lament the merciful and the gentle, the pure in heart, So, wait, Jesus, you mean authority isn't about proving that they're wrong and I'm right? No, it's not about having the right answer. It's about responding with the heart of the Father. Is everybody hearing what I'm saying? There's a correction in my heart that has to come because by nature, I want to prove I'm right. I want to puff up. Correction. Righteousness is correction. It's humility. Righteousness also means cooperation. Jesus talks about the works of righteousness, meaning the works of zedekah. Zedekah means that we're living out that righteousness, that justice that looks like the love of the Father in my life, not as something I'm wielding over other people, but that I'm cooperating with because it brings life to everything that it touches. So authority is revealed as I cooperate with mercy, with grace, in real time as it is expressing God's life in me and through me. Jesus said, John came in the way of righteousness. And he wasn't counting how many steps he took, like you're doing, when you're looking at the law, they literally counted how many steps they took on a Sunday or on a Sabbath day. But he's saying, John came in the real way of righteousness. Here's what it looks like. Correction and cooperation with the heart of the Father, with mercy, with grace. So Paul described it this way when he said this to the Thessalonians. He said, when we came to you, we didn't come, First Thessalonians 2, 5 to 8, we didn't come with flattering speech 
or, 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 or bring a pretext for greed. God is our witness, nor did we seek to honor, get honor from people, either from you or from others, though we could have asserted our authority as apostles of Christ, we proved to be, watch this, this is what Paul is saying, and the reason that Paul is writing this is because he was surrounded by people that were saying, I am a, an apostle that has greater authority than Paul. We're super apostles. He's just a weak guy. That's part of what 1 Corinthians is about in 1 Corinthians 11 and 12. He's defending uh, what, what he's saying. But in 1 Thessalonians 2, he said, We prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her children. I was praying through this verse a couple of three or four days back. And I'm praying early in the morning. I was like, oh, my goodness, Lord, I'm thinking about how my daughter, she's got this messed up shoulder. She can hardly, you know, she's been having a difficult time picking up her little baby, but not once is there a complaint. She's coming to hold that little, and that little one's, you know, crying. I'm hungry. And she's responding tenderly. That's what a nursing mother does, right? This is what Paul's saying. We came, we weren't here wielding. We came as a, tenderly caring as a mother for her own children in the same way we had fond affection for you. And we're delighted to share not only with you the gospel of God, but our own lives because you become dear to us. Do you hear the heart of what Paul is sharing in that? This is a heart anchored in the heart of the Father that has allowed, see, one time, remember he said, I was this guy who was out torturing other people. I was wielding authority, but there's been a correction, and I've begun to cooperate with that grace, and it looks like something like this. It looks like tenderness and gentleness. It looks like a mother that's caring for her children. That's what authority begins to look like. No, it's not an external badge. It's, it's agency to embody mercy and grace. Jesus embodies us. He takes it on completely. What does it do? It brings him to a cross where he lays down his life, right? So if I could say this another way, righteousness and justice, is it a noun or a verb? Well, yes. Theologically, it's a noun. Yes, it brings correction, but real authority in my life is a life of surrender, a verb. It's cooperating moment by moment with the mercy and the grace of God in my life. Beloved, think about this. This is a big, big thought. All authority begins in God, yet here's the amazing part of the good news this morning. It's not exclusive to God. He's not here trying to be your boss. He's inviting you to a life of cooperation. He shares his authority as we surrender. Learn from me how I do it. Learn the rhythms of grace. It's not a badge. It's the abundance of the heart of the Father revealed in my life. You know, as Derek shared that story with me, <clears throat> I remember him saying something like this, that internally he wanted to say to this intern, do you want me to show you who I am actually? Like, I'm actually the guy in charge of you? Instead, 
in humility, he picked up his phone and he called a buddy behind the curtain, you know, behind the backstage and said, would you let this guy know it's okay for me to come by? He's taking his job seriously. Interesting. If you have to say, do you know who I am? You know what that reveals? It reveals that we're already living in the wrong system. Real authority in Jesus' kingdom is not for those with the right words, but for those who have changed their mind, who have chosen to learn to live surrendered to his ways of righteousness, embracing his mercy and his grace, surrendering to it, learning from me. I'm meek and I'm gentle. Real authority is a heart living in surrendered, settled participation with a good, generous, and compassionate father. It's good news. I want to invite us this morning, if you would, would you stand with me? I want to invite you to sharing in this closing prayer together. It's going to bring us to communion where we proclaim yet again another mystery of our communion with, with Jesus. If you're on the call, we encourage you to grab something there to share it together with us. If you came prepared to give, we want to say thank you. If you would, leave it there in the box in the front. But let's pray this prayer together. Uh, this is the, I, I think I shared, I know I shared this last week. Uh, it is a prayer uh, for, uh, out of the common book of prayer, for Friday mornings, it's called a, a collect. But let's, let's pray this together. Let's pray it. Ready? Almighty God, whose most dear son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace through Jesus Christ, our son, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Lord, as we come to